Yo, what's up, chumps? How we doing? You got your host, your interim host for the evening, Nate, joined by my good friend and co-host, John. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm pretty solid. Uh, it was it was a mediocre fantasy week for me last week. Um, went two and two. Can't can't really complain about it. I did lose a survivor entry on the Jags, which looking back on it. Picking the Jags was just like of all teams to put my faith in. I don't know why that was the team that I picked, but no. uh, was that anyways. was that the same Survivor League that Wayne and I got bounced in in the first yes. week? Yes, wow, correct. You so had to be I, quite I, one of the later ones. Yeah, so right? I I started out with five entries, and up until last week, I had I had four left. So now I've got three of five to oh, hopefully okay. get me the rest of the way but it's it's three three on five right now so uh i've got three and then there's only five other entries in the in the survivor pool so hopefully wow. hopefully i'll bring that one home but um it's it's interesting i'd never done it before and, and i'm really enjoying it i mean obviously because <laughs> it's gone really well for me but it's also just fun like it's not as strategic as i thought it was going to be because so many things change so right um, that's what i was gonna ask i was gonna say is there have you found that there's a lot of strategy involved or is it at at this point are you just taking what you feel like is a is a good bet so at this point i'm just taking week to week like Mm -hmm. okay like um man i actually haven't looked at this week very much there's like (laughs) there's a few games this week that are kind of a lock like Obviously, the Chiefs over the Bills, that's a lock. Um, but other games, <laughs> uh, like, I don't know, like the Bucks play the Steelers, that's an easy one. And, like, I have this year because at first I was very high on them, but mm-hmm. then, you know, kind of had some struggles and it wasn't really, like, the team that we thought it was going to be. Um, so the Bucks over the Steelers is a big one. And then – I mean, really, that's that's going to be the most popular one by far. I yeah. like I like the Vikings against the Dolphins. I like the Bengals against the Saints. But again, those are kind of risky picks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say it's it's definitely much less of strategy because so many things change, and more of like just I mean, no pun intended, but like surviving the next like surviving that week and you face the implications of it later on down the road so it's been fun right. uh definitely like just opened you know another fantasy addiction that i didn't need but i'm <laughs> so glad that i found so yeah it's been a good time it is it was fun for the the one week that i was a part of it um <laughs> but no i i kind of got too into like thinking strategically about it and i got very cute with my week one pick of, you know, I was trying to save who I thought were kind of the blue bloods for later down the road when I would really need them for a, for a sure lock win. And I just got cute on the first game and got bounced. And so, but I feel like this is probably a tough year for survivor. Cause I mean, there's a really a lot of competitive NFL teams. Like I feel like there's really no really like weak weak teams in the NFL besides the Steelers right now. I feel like I would be yeah. taking the Steelers are them. the Steelers are rough. The the 
I I feel like the Bears aren't even really that rough. Like, right. That's what like I they, mean. They seem like a bad team, and like, I mean, honestly, that's the same reason that I picked the Jags was because they were playing mm-hmm. the Texans, who hadn't won a game, and like mm-hmm. that just didn't it didn't work. I thought the Jags were better than. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was an off week. You know, chalk it up to whatever you want. But yeah, it it's just it is a very I don't know. It's it's less tiered this season where it feels like there's still your top teams, which like right now I'd say it's the Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles. And then like just below that, like I'd even put like the Cowboys there. But then right. like, the Rams feel like a mediocre team. The Bucks feel like a mediocre team. The Packers feel like a mediocre team. And but then like Atlanta could, you know, like I feel like if Atlanta beat if Atlanta beat the Cowboys, if Atlanta even beat Philadelphia or somebody, like mm-hmm. that would be a big upset, but I wouldn't be that shocked. So it's just, it's a very weird NFL season so far. And these next few weeks, I feel like really separates and shows who the true like sixth and seventh seed contenders are and who yeah. are going to be in the top 10 for the yeah. draft next year. So it's, it's, it's interesting. No, I think that's that's a good breakdown of it. I mean, I think when we were going through our divisional <clears throat> predictions and playoff predictions, I for sure thought there was kind of a clear-cut bottom tier of the Bears, sure. Seahawks, Atlanta, Texans. I even had the Jags down there probably. But, I mean, I I think we're seeing all those teams be competitive. I mean, the Falcons probably uh, – they had a pretty good argument to beat the Bucks last week even. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for a kind of a – Bad they, call. Yeah. yeah. They could have beat the Rams too. Like, I think it could have beat the Rams. Yeah. Two weeks before that. And so it's just, it's odd. But yeah. Well, good for you for surviving in the survivor pool. So far. Proud of you, buddy. <laughs> so <it>. far. <laughs> but um, all right. So I think we're going to, for today's episode, we're going to, at first, we're going to recap some of the performances from last week um, that were noteworthy and then kind of get into some discussions on certain players and kind of how we're viewing them right now. Um, a few of these players are going to be first round picks. A couple of them are going to be waiver prospects. Um, we're just going to try and kind of get, get a feel for how we're, we're valuing them all right now. But um, the first one I started, wanted to start off with um, from last week, Ramondre Stevenson running back for the new England Patriots um, ran for 161 on the ground uh, caught two targets or caught two passes off two targets, um, just under 20 fantasy points for PPR. Um, John, how are you feeling about Ramondre right now? Um, I feel really good about Ramondre. Obviously, he's had the performances over the last three weeks, even. Um, mm-hmm. but last week it was it was beneficial to see the snap percentage. He hit 90% on snap percentage, which is I mean, I feel like that's almost unheard of, even for like a bell cow. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, I think Damian Harris is out this week, so obviously it gives him a boost. But he's he's seen two weeks of five targets in the receiving game as well, and he's only had one touchdown on the year. So um, I expect that number to go up, obviously, and. It's, he's just been an impressive runner so far. Um, his worst week was week one, and he averaged three yards per carry. Ever since then, it's been above 4.7 yards per carry, which is just phenomenal. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all signs point to to good things ahead for Ramondre. I I really like him. Yep. Yeah, we were we were talking about this right before the show started. Um, this was a guy that was probably on a lot of waiver wires after two weeks. I yeah. think there was kind of some training camp buzz around him um, that got out. Um, you know, I was I was very optimistic about him. Kind of lost a little faith through two weeks, but probably shouldn't have. I mean, it's always going to be a committee system in New England, and I think Damian Harris. It was kind of his job to lose for, through the first two weeks, um, or maybe it was just Ramondre's to win, and he has come in and won it, in my opinion. Um, yep. So I'm pretty pretty excited about him so far. Um, John, is this a? Are you going to try and acquire this? player right now is he a trade for candidate um i think he's probably too expensive to trade for him Mm -hmm. right now if if i have him um see what you can get for him otherwise i think he's a he's a start and sit it guy you know like just put him in your starting lineup and let him do his thing because i think his floor is pretty high because of his receiving ability i wish i hope the touchdowns come for him because if they do it that means obviously even better but um yeah probably can't trade for him right now just be Mm. and it's weird it's it's strange how it works out the guys that you invest the least in it seems like are the hardest to trade for because Mm -hmm. the like the owner of the player that you're trying to acquire they're like well i don't really have anything in him so like if he returns to no value i'm not really out any and i'm just risking the fact of oh I could have the biggest sleeper on the season if I hold Ramondre so it, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird how that works out versus like you know some of the guys that we're going to talk about here in just a bit no you're right I mean if you can get one of those diamonds in the rough I feel like there's just a little bit of yeah I'm going to hold on to this and just see what happens um, there might be a little bit of a uh, pride that goes into that as well if you're oh, the, for sure. one of those guys that finds somebody that breaks out that you invested very little into that. I mean, I, I am probably guilty of that to be honest, but yeah, um, I think it gets us all, but yeah, I think I'm with you there. Probably too expensive for me right now. Um, but kind of something to keep your eye on. Um, but the next guy we're going to get into is a very expensive player, or at least was at the beginning of the season. And that is Jama chase <laughs> of the Cincinnati Bengals. So Jamar Chase, I'm pulling up his card right now, but he is wide receiver 14 on the season for PPR leagues. Um, He has had one breakout game so far where he went over 20 points. And that was week one. He actually put up just under 29, um, had a touchdown in that game and 10 catches. So that was what we about expected from Jamar coming off a huge rookie season last year. Um, I mean, I would have definitely slotted Jamar as probably in my top three for receivers for the 2022 season, um, but just hasn't really lived up to it. And to be honest, the whole Bengals offense has been a little underwhelming thus far. Um, I think a lot of fingers are being pointed at the O-line, and rightfully so. I think that's kind of who's to blame for a lot of their struggles so far, but Jamar Chase, I mean, he's been fine. He's not really losing you weeks by giving you goose eggs or anything, but it's it's definitely underwhelming. I mean, 10, 11, 12, 12, it's just you're kind of waiting for him to break out and just hasn't really done it in four weeks. So how 
how are you looking at Jamar right now, John? And if you didn't have him, are you are you going out and trying to acquire him? So a few quick things on Jamar. It, he feels worse than wide receiver 14. I have mm-hmm. him in one of my leagues, and I didn't have him for week one. I traded for him after the fact. And I got him in a bigger package deal. So, like, he's not killing me because I also got Derrick Henry in the trade. It was, I mean, it was a, it was a massive trade. Um, but I – bought low on Henry and Chase was kind of in a, like he was beginning his slump. So I didn't pay full price for Chase either. Um, obviously Henry has worked out. Chase hasn't with Jamar. He, he had to be a top three wide receiver for you coming into the year. He still is a top three wide receiver for you now. Like it, mm-hmm. nothing has changed. It's been four like not great weeks, but the matchups also haven't been favorable. Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how – I mean, Burrow threw, like, 50-plus passes in that week. But it was a super tough matchup in week one. Um, Dallas isn't an easy matchup in week two. On the road against the Jets, the Jets have been a surprise. Miami has also been a surprise. Their defense is pretty solid, really. And mm-hmm. then they play at Baltimore last week, which isn't, like, you know, they're no slouch on defense either. So these haven't been, like, easy matchups, to say the least. And the targets have been there. I think, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Burrow was a little bit rusty coming into the year. He did have that appendicitis issue, which we talked about um, right. back in, I think that was early August or late July. We talked about that a little bit. Um, so the next few weeks, he's got New Orleans, Atlanta, Cleveland, and Carolina. Uh, not saying that, like, that's going to be some huge breakout for him necessarily, but I think it's a slightly easier path and I would expect Jamar to at least improve. Um, You follow that with a bye week. The one thing I'll say, his playoff schedule is very tough. He plays Tampa Bay week 15 on the road, New England week 16 on the road and Buffalo week 17 at home. So in that championship, he's not going to be a guy that you can rely on necessarily. Um, that all being said, he's still a trade for candidate because you can get him cheap right now. I mean, I have, like I said, I have him on one of my rosters and I've considered selling him and it's just not the time to do it. So if you Mm -hmm. have Jamar stand pat, he's still super talented. Don't forget about the connection that him and Burrow have definitely try to trade for him. If he's not on your roster, if he is, you might be in a win now, must win situation this week, but try to make it work. And if it doesn't work out, then you have to trade him next week. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation. Yeah. This has been an interesting one. Uh, There's been a lot of buzz around our work league about Jamar. Um, I think a lot of people are going after him right now and kind of trying to sell the pitch that, you know, he's wide receiver 14. There's other players like Mike Williams that are ahead of him. Um, I mean, to name somebody, but – Christian I, Kirk I, might be still. Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's up there pretty close. Yeah, exactly. But I think if you don't have Jamar and you can try, you can sell somebody on that, if you could package like a Mike Will and like a Chris Olave for a Jamar chase, I would – I think I would totally do that. Um, if you're holding Jamar Chase right now, or if you if you own Jamar Chase and he's on your roster, um, I I would want an offer for Jamar like he's still a first round pick. 
Um, I just don't – I think you've seen his floor so far. I really expect him to kind of come through after a while. Um, something interesting today, John, I don't know if you listen to Chris Sims very much. Um, he's on NBC. Do you ever really tune into him? No, not really. I mean, I'm familiar okay. with him, but I don't listen yeah. to him on a regular basis. I've, I haven't been listening to him much um, in recent years, but I just started – you know, tuning into him a little bit more. I think he does a good job, former quarterback in the NFL. I think he brings kind of a unique insight and is a little more, I think, X's and O's savvy than like a Dan Orlovsky is. Um, <laughs> so I actually really like Chris Sims. But he was saying he's been getting really frustrated with how Cincinnati's using Jamar. Um, I think basically he was tracking his uh, route, route tree through like the first five weeks and he's – run slants and goes for 95% of his routes or something like that. Like that's all he runs and maybe like a a wide receiver screen here and there. So he's getting a little frustrated with how they're using Jamar. I think he's way more talented than what he's shown um, through five weeks, but um, unbelievable player and hope to see him break out soon. Um, But we're going to go to the back to the running back position again with a little Najee Harris. Um, Najee, uh, well, I feel like his ADP going into the draft this year is probably like six to eight. Would you say, would you agree with that? Yeah, maybe a little bit higher. Um, might've, yeah. might've been just under six. Yeah. And I, I think we were all pretty excited about Najee. I know you were the Najee truther last year. Um, I don't I can't remember if you tempered it down going into this off season or not. Uh, but, it, uh, it, it came, it came and went. It, it has yeah. its, its peaks and its lows, but for the most part, I was still pretty high on him. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been a little bit of a frustrating year so far for Najee holders. Um, RB 29 and P in PPR leagues um, has only broken. He hasn't broken 15 points at all this year, actually. Uh oh. I stand corrected. Yep. So yeah. it's been tough. It's been tough for that whole Steelers offense. Um, I'm just wondering what you are doing with Najee right now. Cause I, I, I do own Najee in one league where I have three pretty solid running backs on my roster. And Najee is currently on my bench right now behind Oof. a couple. And I've, I've yeah. been getting offers for Najee. Um, it's been like a Raheem Mostert for Najee, which I'm probably not entertaining, but oh I mean, almost at yeah. the point where it's like, do I, do you entertain like a Raheem Mostert and like a, like a Drake London for Najee right now? Because no, that's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. far too low. Um, so I, in the same league that I have Jamar Chase, I also have Najee <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's going rough to say the least. <laughs> I, um, I lost. Uh, winless team last week which was rough and uh, I have the second lowest points scored um, somehow I'm two and three but you know it's still still not looking great so Najee um, not much you can do with him can't get anything for him and he's not going to do anything for you in his lineup in your lineup anytime soon they play the Bucks this week followed by the at the Dolphins next week and at the at the Eagles the following week and then a bye week. So um, it doesn't get any easier. It's probably not going to get any better. I was totally wrong on this one. I think that offense is just too bad as a whole um, to 
distract or divert attention away from Najee. It doesn't matter if the volume's there. He is a talented runner, but defenses are just not looking the other direction. So um, Najee, I'm not going to say he's a lost cause because I think he's talented enough to still be top 10, maybe, Mm -hmm. but he's going to have to turn around in a hurry. So um, I would trade for him personally. Um, I've, I've been considering it. Um, it's just – it's tough because I if I did trade for him, I wouldn't start him this week. And I wouldn't start him next week probably either unless he showed positive signs this week. So, he's a tough one. Don't overpay for him. Um, I think it would be really easy to do that right now, especially if the seller was, was not motivated to move him. Um, so, he's he's a tough one to, to judge for sure. Yeah. Yep, I think that's a good good breakdown. Um, we're going to actually switch it up on the positions here to the tight end. And specifically, we're talking about Taysom Hill's performance last week. Right? I think he dropped like 34 points or something. Something um, like that. Yeah, I still am uh, – I cannot believe that they haven't switched into quarterback yet in fantasy positions. Um, I have no idea how they're still letting him slide as a tight end. Uh, he has caught one pass this season for two yards. So, uh, but yeah, he had just over 34 points last week. Um, I believe he had two rushing touchdowns. Three. So, three rushing touchdowns. He right. has five rushing touchdowns on the season. Oh, my gosh. That is insane. That's insane. Well, he is probably available or was available at the beginning of the week on a lot of waivers, yeah. I would say. Um on sleeper right now, he's rostered in 75% of leagues, so you might still be able to grab him. Um, but, John, this is the predicament I ran into because I went and got Taysom Hill off waivers because my tight end is on bye this week. Are you picking Taysom Hill over some of the other tight ends available on the waiver if you were in dire need of a tight end for this week? Would you take Taysom Hill over the likes of Evan Ingram, I guess Dalton Schultz is still kind of questionable to play this week, but let's throw Dalton Schultz in there, you know, Irv Smith, et cetera. Are you taking a flyer on Taysom Hill this week? Or are you going to kind of stick with maybe the more, the more tried and true tight ends? So I would, I'm going to say yes. And it's, it's weird because I went to see, I, I knew that Kamara played last week, but I couldn't remember what he did. He he actually had a very good game. He had 23 rushing attempts. Um, he ran for 103 yards, six receptions for 91 yards. He did not score, but this was by far his best week as well. Um, it's also interesting because Sean Payton is no longer the coach, obviously, of the Saints. So it's not the same system per se. Um, so – to see Taysom Hill utilized was kind of surprising in the first place, but it goes back to the reason that Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are drafted so early on in the draft, mm-hmm. not only because obviously they can score fantasy points, but they can score fantasy points at a position that typically doesn't score that often. Yep. Um, so the reason that you go with Taysom Hill instead of, you know, David Njoku or Irv Smith or, um, Conklin, I can't think of his first name right now, but yeah, um, the, the, the reason that you take Taysom instead of those guys is because his ceiling is so much higher. Um, mm-hmm. But again, 
we talked about this before the show as well. At what point do you drop Taysom? Because if he puts up a goose egg or he doesn't, you know, have any snaps this this week, he's not worth rostering. He's just not because you're not going to start him. And the next time that he breaks out, he's probably not going to do it the following week after that either. So, yeah, it, it I mean, if you don't have Andrews, Hawkinson or Kelsey, like you probably should start Taysom Hill if he's on your roster this week. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, th- I mean, that's going to be the issue that I run into next week is when TJ Hawkinson comes back off of a bye. Um, and let's say Taysom Hill does go off, then what do I do? I mean, that's if he's probably depends like this, on his snap percentage, honestly. I think like if, he, yeah, if he plays a lot, then mm-hmm. I would probably roll with Taysom again. Mm-hmm. That's tough. But what do you think is a lot for Taysom? For t- for him, if he snap, if he hits like forty percent, yeah, I feel like that's a lot for him. I don't uh-huh. know what did he do last. So last week, he it looks like he had a thirty percent snap share. Yeah. Kind so of, I mean, if he does back to back weeks of that, and he like, you know, if he gets double digit points in fantasy and he's hitting forty percent snaps, yeah, I think he's a part of the offense at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good analysis of it. Yeah. Um. But John, we were just talking about this before the show. Are you are you starting Taysom Hill over Kyle Pitts this week? I, if you were if you were deciding yeah. between the two. Yeah. I would. Yep. It's tough, but I would. And I I think it's tough. It's just the ce- it's the ceiling. I haven't seen it from Kyle Pitts. Like mm-hmm. I've seen it from Taysom and Kyle it's not like Kyle Pitts has a high floor either. So um yeah. No, I think that's that's the thing there's the floor for Kyle Pitts is what we've kind of gotten from him through the season so far. It could be three points for Kyle Pitts or it could be a goose egg. And yep. I think we've seen what the ceiling could be. I just it's it's frustrating for Kyle Pitts owners. I think I would probably take the swing on Taysom Hill. I was kind of thinking before the sh- we started the show that I'd be sticking with Pitts, but I don't know. I just I think what you said for the tight end position especially is if you can get a guy who has the potential to put up 34 points or 20 points or 25 points in a position where that's very rare, I mean, I think you just kind of got to go for it because, yeah. you know, if, you're, if your tight end puts up 1.2.0 points, um, you're probably not going that to – that's probably not going to lose you your week. Yeah. Um, so, yep, because there's a good chance that you wouldn't get many points from that position anyway. So Right, exactly. Yep. Um, so last thing that we're going to talk about, um, this one's pretty interesting. Um, we're going to talk about kind of late season potential championship push players that you can add on the waiver wire right now. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown was kind of the, the, the makeup that we used or the mock-up that we used for this segment um, because last year – uh, Nate pointed out that he really he didn't do much up until let me see what week it was it was. it was I think week twelve or thirteen so it was right around when most people's playoffs were starting up for their fantasy leagues that yeah. um, he really kind of had a breakout game and it looked like he had uh, a high I think he put up twenty points or twenty five points in that one week and then just kind of sustained that throughout the year and on yeah. into this year and so that was probably somebody that was going to be in, available in just about every league. I mean, he was on oh, yeah. the Lions, who a lot of people thought were bad, was a bad offense. Um, there was really no 
great wide receiver options there and somehow he just kind of emerged from it. And so I feel like this is a, an appropriate time to start thinking about people like that, people that might be in good positions um, who haven't seen much action now and probably aren't worth, worth rostering at this point in time. But just as the season progresses, maybe somebody to keep an eye on. But um, yeah, I'll kick it over to you, John, first, if you had a, a candidate in mind that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just for reference, Amon Ra was taken with the 112th pick in the NFL draft. So I believe that's the third round, um, either late late third round or early fourth round. Um, and these guys, I'm going to look up. So my first one is David Bell. Uh, he was – or he is a wide receiver. I think he played at Penn State. No, he played at Purdue. Um, and he was – let's see. So he was drafted by the Browns with the 99th overall pick. So pretty close to the same position as Amon Ross St. Brown. I like David Bell because he's very similar in the fact that he has not been involved in the offense. Um, he's playing every week, but he's not really involved. So that's a very good sign. And Deshaun Watson is going to be his quarterback coming into the fantasy, which again, I think he's going to get a huge upgrade immediately. And, Amari Cooper is is probably the leader of the wide receiver room right now. But outside of that, there's not many pass catchers that scare me. So I think mm-hmm. David Bell could be – he was somebody who I liked in the draft quite a bit. But I can see him blossoming into having a big role in this offense down the stretch, especially if Cleveland – not that I think that they will, but they could – I mean, they could probably contend for a playoff spot. Depending I really on how think they could, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, David Bell is one that I would watch – um, his bye week comes in week nine. So following the Buffalo game, you know, mm-hmm. they, they play Houston week 13. Um, that's really their only easy game down the stretch necessarily. But, yeah, just be looking out for David Bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good one. I couldn't tell you much about David Bell. I don't know if he's what his kind of profile is like, but I mean, I think this the situation kind of sets up for him. You get a quarterback improvement late in the season. Um, he's in an offense where he's not really going to be the focal point, I don't think. So he's kind of got some room to to blossom there. Um, but that's that's a good little sleeper pick. I think mine is going to be pretty basic. Um, I'm going to go with Sky Moore for the Chiefs. I think this is somebody that we as Chiefs fans on this podcast have been following pretty closely and are pretty optimistic about. Um, and we're starting to see some signs that he might kind of be uh, – might become a more integral part of this offense. Um, his snap percentage has steadily increased week over week. Um, he just finished up his week five game. Uh, with a 35% snap share. He only caught two passes on three targets, but um, both of those were pretty impressive. I think we've heard a lot about his athletic profile, how um, he's a strong runner, kind of built more like a running back, has good hands, though, um, can make contested catches. I think it's it's too early to add him. He's probably going to be available in every league that you're in unless you're playing with just a hard O Chiefs fan who has him and won't let go of him. Um, <laughs> you're probably going to be able to get him. There, though. <laughs> there are. I, I guarantee you he's probably rostered in our league of records. So 
I might yeah. be eating my words, but um, I think he's somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, I think that's somewhere in Kansas City where there's a lot of mouths to feed, but nobody outside of Travis Kelsey is the clear-cut number one option, at, at least in the wide receiver core. So he could emerge and be just fine. Um, but we shall cool. see. Did you have any more, John, that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I've got one other one. I think this uh-huh. one actually I like more. Um which is kind of incredible, but I, I looked up his stats for the year so far, and I think he's, he's he shows a lot of promise. Um, so this is Khalil Shakir. Um, I, I knew about Khalil coming into the draft. He went to Boise State. I'm a, I'm a huge Boise State fan, so I was actually a little familiar with him. He was taken with the 148th pick by the Buffalo Bills, and he actually caught a touchdown pass last week. He had three receptions for 75 yards and a touchdown. Granted, it was against the Steelers. It was a blowout. So maybe other guys were getting more reps than they should have been. But nonetheless, he did score. Um, um, man, Jameson Crowder. <laughs> I, I had a, some brain fog before the episode, and I was trying to think of Jameson Crowder's name, and I couldn't place it. I almost did it again. But Jameson Crowder, I believe, is out for the year. Um, and the Bills have a bye week in So – you know, you're not going to be forced with a week 14 round one of the playoff by situation. Um, some, I, is it week 13 or 14? I think 14 is the last week of bye weeks. If I remember correctly, I could be, that wrong. sounds right. I think you're right. 14. Um, so you're not going to be faced with that situation. And I think that this is a guy who's only going to become more and more involved. Dawson Knox hasn't been what he thought he was going to be. James Cook hasn't been what we, what he thought, what we thought he was going to be. And I think that Shakir, he was kind of a big-name receiver that fell a ways in the draft. I mean, there at one point, he was rumored to be in the late second, early third round. So he fell all the way to the fifth. Um, this is a talented guy. So um, I like Shakir a lot to break out. I mean, I kind of just talked myself into potentially trading for him in Dynasty as well because <laughs> the Bills aren't going to have a lot of money to spend. So. I like Khalil Shakir a lot from this point out. I think that's a good one. Um, I did have one more, and it's not a wide receiver, but I talked to John a little bit about this before. But um, I am going to keep my eye on Rashad White as the season goes on, I think. He is uh, – I would consider him running back two on the Bucks right now. Um, he's a rookie out of Arizona State. Um, I think he kind of caught my attention during the Sunday night game when – the Chiefs and Bucks faced off. Um, I think he had five receptions for 50 yards on one drive against the Chiefs and scored a touchdown. So uh, that was pretty crazy. Um, It was in a game too, where Leonard Fournette was getting a lot of pass work. So it, I think that's encouraging that he could maybe still be somewhat valuable, even if Fournette is um, present, but um, I think we've always seen pass-catching running backs utilized in Tom Brady's offenses. Uh, I think to James White back on the Patriots, um, where I think there was a good few-year stretch there where James White was definitely fantasy-relevant. I mean, I think there was maybe even one year where he was a top-eight fantasy running back to end the year. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I think that's something that uh, Tom Brady likes. He's got a lot of pull on the decisions that are made in that offense. Um, I think you could definitely see Rashad White um, 
Rashad White's role continue to grow as the season goes on. Um, and, I mean, he's one, you know, step away from seeing all the work in that offense. If right. Leonard Fournette were to go down, then he becomes Huge boost. a superstar. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's somebody to keep an eye on. Um, he, it's kind of a toss-up if he's available in your leagues. Most leagues are very thin on the waiver wire right now for running backs, so he may already be – snatched up but you could obviously get him for cheap if you needed to um nothing exactly but uh yeah i think that's kind of a fun thing to to think about is holy cow i just can't believe we're already five weeks about to kick off six weeks into the nfl season right now um it's flying by but but yeah i think that's going to wrap it up for us tonight um john as always thank you for joining me it was fun talking to you buddy yep Go Chiefs. All right. It's going to be a good yep. week. <laughs> Go Chiefs. All right. <laughs> yeah. And good luck in your matchups this week, chumps. Uh, let us know how you do. Always follow us on Instagram at fantasy underscore chumps. Um, send us any questions that you want us to talk about. Um, we love hearing from everybody, but otherwise, take care, brush your hair. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you.